Hey everybody and welcome to the Jump Ball Podcast. Today my guest is Taz Mellis from the Starters. We're going to talk about the Toronto Raptors. We're going to talk about basketball in Canada. We're going to talk obviously about the NBA Finals and we might get to a few other things. But Taz, are you ready to tip it off? Put it up, Mo. <laughs> Should I do one of those real bad jump ball things that we've been seeing lately in the uh, in the playoffs, <laughs> like where where they throw it up and it's really just going all the way to one guy? <laughs> that's, hey, that's a tough job. I have I have no qualms about that. That's the last thing I wanted to do ever. When whenever we had to throw it up, I was like, "That's not me. I'm I'm too small. I'm going to get hit with an elbow. These guys are going to step on me. It's not going to work out well for me." Um. But Taz, the Raptors finally made it to the NBA Finals. They broke through. Yeah, it's uh, it's like five days later, and uh, it's still pretty surreal. It just doesn't – just seeing an Eastern Conference championship celebration in that arena, um, it just it's, gives me, still gives me goosebumps, and it still doesn't, doesn't seem like that would ever happen. It just doesn't seem like a Raptors-type thing. Um, even though on paper, you know, this was the year to break through, and uh, – you know, I picked the Bucks. I thought they'd be good enough, but uh, the the Raptors' defense was incredible. And uh, man, those people outside that were celebrating was fifty thousand people. Uh, they deserved it. Twenty four years of uh, mostly downs, but some ups. And um, yeah, man, it was a uh, it was surreal. And and in a very Canadian fashion, not one arrest made that night. Got to be proud about that. Uh, with all those people out there climbing on cars and climbing on. Uh, all sorts of vehicles, but not one arrest, which was pretty amazing. That's that's pretty impressive, you know, and that that is pro- feels like a very Canadian type of celebration, uh, leaning into the stereotype uh, <laughs> uh, kind of thing. Yeah. But man, yeah, there have been there have been many other celebrations that have been turned into riots, uh, not to name any cities, but out on the west coast. Uh, and uh, uh, I mean, listen, this, so this this worked out. <laughs> I've 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 seen them in L.A. I may have had some friends who. Uh, took part in some of it i did not that was not me um but you know uh they got a little rowdy when the lakers won the championship in 2000 so uh you know that's uh it's kind of what i guess we we do yeah it's weird it's weird but that's what happened but it was it was amazing seeing like uh, you know i never even thought about this being at at what was the air canada center and now the scotia bank arena in toronto hundreds and hundreds of times i never thought about players leaving the arena in their car from from underneath the arena and where they would exit but seeing the videos of, of somewhere where i had driven by and walked by so many times seeing like fred van bleet and other guys their cars coming out and being mobbed by by people and seeing the videos from fred van bleet's uh from his phone and seeing how you know the adoration for for him and for for all the Raptors was uh, was awesome, and so Raptors fans are smart, obviously knowing where players are going to exit. But it was uh, it was something. Yeah, and and you know the real cool thing too was one of my favorite things was watching Kyle Lowry's reaction to to the whole thing, um, running to his kids and just embracing them so much, and then. He had probably the biggest smile I've ever seen on his face when he was there with Ernie and, and the crowd was was chanting. Uh, it, were they chanting MVP or his name? I, I can't remember. Um, no, they're just, just – yeah, just uh, Lowry. Just sure. Lowry, right. And and he just had such a big smile on his face. And you can kind of just feel – like I felt – I, I can be stone cold at times and I felt emotional. I was like, wow, that's, that's amazing. Like this – the whole thing, just for him of all the guys to kind of be able to – to, to shake off all the past 
playoff failures and not being able to break through um, to finally get there was really just something amazing to watch. Yeah, it was uh, a whole mixed bag of emotions for I'm sure for for Lowry who you know went through some ups and downs. Was basically was traded to the Raps after you know not finding a starting job with Memphis. You know with Mike Conley there and then with Houston. Um, you know being kicked out of his job with Goran Dragic there and also just not jiving with coaches his whole career and then finally finding it with Dwayne Casey and then almost being traded to the Knicks really I mean right. they, the the Raptors wanted to blow it up and then uh, you know the the deal just didn't go through because the Knicks weren't offering enough and then the whole um, bromance with DeMar DeRozan that was ended by Masai Ujiri because he was going for the title with Kawhi Leonard and him not speaking to Masai Ujiri for months, and then uh, you know them burying the hatchet to, to you know really, really adopting the 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 peak Kyle Lowry role, which was dive on the floor, scrap, get your butt into uh, you know both offensively and defensively, just just fight and um, you know make shots, obviously draw charges, and. Uh, he he saved the Raptors a, a couple of times uh, in the conference finals when Kawhi wasn't didn't start a game all that well. He came out with 12 points uh, in the first six minutes one game. Um, I mean that was really in game four where they he he was desperately needed and uh, there was some uh, yeah uh, I mean he is his his number is probably going to be the second one raised to the Raptors after Vince Carter uh, in that arena. Uh, but he is uh, Mr. Raptor and then uh, you know I saw. You made me think of DeMar DeRozan, um, and you know he was Mr. Raptor. You know, drafted in '09 until he was traded in, in 2018. He was the longest-serving Raptor when he was dealt, and uh, he was there to, to start it all. And then he Instagrammed that uh, a photo. I think it was Monday uh, about him being alone, making him strong. He doesn't need a friend, so I don't know how how much he's upset by. Uh, <laughs> Kyle and Kawhi being uh, being their bromance now, but uh, it, it's a it's a little unfortunate, I guess. I don't know. I feel a little bad for the guy that he got dealt because um, he was he was right pissed when he, when he was <laughs> right. when he was dealt, and yeah, he misses out on this. But uh, yeah, the Raptors had to go for it, and they have you know the guy who was playing the best ball in the Eastern Conference. Whether you know Giannis or Joel Embiid takes that uh, that leap at some point. Kawhi is uh is is the big reason why they got there. Yeah, I mean you can't really knock too much. Like it, it, the difference between Demar Derozan and Kyle Lowry is, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Kawhi Leonard is just massive. It's it's, um, and there's no real kind of way to debate that. Uh, but the one thing too, talking about Lowry and his play, like there was one play, I know it was in Toronto. I can't remember if it was in Game Six or Game Four. But, you know, there on one possession, I saw him diving for the ball two different times, getting it. Yeah, that was game six. Game yeah. six. And, you know, and it's just – and both times. Got it the first time, tapped it out. Somehow they lost it, dove again for it the next time, and, and started off a break. And I just was like, dude, this guy wants this so bad. So it was, it was great to see that. And then it was also very gr- awesome for Masai Ujiri to, to kind of get that validation. I know everybody's saying, like – Oh, he took the gamble and stuff. And this is something every GM would, would pretty much do, I think. Um, but it was a risk and, 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 you know, and it's paid off in ways. Um, even if they, I don't think, even if they didn't get to the finals, I think it still would have paid off. Everybody felt like this was a better team, um, after that trade. Uh, 
but it was yeah, just... but they, you know, there's, I guess most, most gyms would make that move, but, uh, Toronto has been looked at for a long time as sort of a, a B list organization until Masai Ujiri came along and, and really, um, you know, the, the great ownership there, but it was, it was always looked at. So great ownership solidified things. But it was always looked at for for a long time. You know, me being from there and having season seats and seeing so many guys not want to go there and turn it down and complain that the uh, the speed limits were in kilometers rather than <laughs> miles and like stupid things right. like that. It was you know looked at as another country. And Masai Ujiri came in and could have easily said, you know what, Demar Derozan wants to be here forever. And if he if he took the mentality of a of a small market team, uh, maybe he just keeps them around and, and, and rides that out. But he tried to make changes every year, you know, for example, firing the coach of the year in Dwayne Casey. And so, yeah, it was a, it was a strong message to, he's, he's had several strong messages to tr- the Toronto fan base. Those messages when he said, when he got up in, in front of uh, a bunch of uh, Raptors fans before they played Brooklyn several years ago in the playoffs. And he said, F Brooklyn. Uh, but he used the entire expletive, and he, right. you know, he 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 just said, "We're good enough. Uh, you, there's no need to be an insecure fan base anymore." I was one of those insecure uh, fans. There were, so he has risen the, the just the confidence level. He is, I don't know if he he's going to go into um, motivational speaking or or being a motivational guru, but he could. He is uh, he's a, he's a strong minded dude, and, and it was a, it was a good move, obviously that that paid off. And I agree with you, even if he, they don't make the finals, um, it, it's just those those bold moves. I think, and you can tell me uh, how much that resonates with prospective free agents. You know, I, I don't know if if free agents look at at moves like that and they say. Well, he's cutthroat. He's going to trade you, or do they look at it and say, "Well, oh, that guy is going for it." You know, they want to win there. Yeah, I think um, I I really think with prospective free agents, I think it's a matter of he's he's gonna they're gonna go for it. If I go there, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna do our very best to put a team together that's gonna win a championship. And he's tried to do it every year. He's made moves, even in season this year making that trade to get Marcus all you know like that's that stuff that it's not like he just kind of sits on his laurels and let's see how this plays out he's not a scared GM and that's something you you really want to go forward with I gotta wonder how many Toronto fans have you know watched the video every morning of him just saying believe in your city believe <laughs> believe in yourselves as a fan base we'll be fine um you know as and you're right he's a great motivational speaker and that stuff and I think it's just I, I I really think they are turning it into a destination, um, and and it and it's been fun, and it's not just a destination. They're also showing their ability to develop players, which is awesome. Not just what we've seen in in Demar Derozan's growth, but I mean Pascal Siakam's growth over his his time there has been amazing. Fred Van Vliet has grown. Uh, Norman Powell, all of these guys are, are are guys that they brought in and and they've developed, and I think. For any free agent looking at this team, you're you're pretty excited with the the prospect of it. Let me ask you though how how big is this not just for Toronto but for the NBA in Canada? You know, I know it's kind of we know the Vancouver Grizzlies never panned out, um, and and like you said, they had such a hard time getting free agents with with like you said, just silly stuff, kilometers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's stupid in, in in that regard, but now. 
you know, they've, they've made it to the finals. They've broken through. Um, what, what's the feel within Canada from what, I know you're from there. I know you're not based there now, but what's the overall feel you think that this is going to do for the NBA in, in, in Canada and basketball in general? Well, I think the last five years uh, probably have um, just turned a lot of kids into uh, lifelong fans of basketball. The, the success there, uh, you know, the all-star game there and the way that it's uh, been adopted by um, not just hardcore basketball fans, which there are a ton in Toronto and there have been since day one, but I think it's been a little bit more transcendent and it's been uh, adopted by, you know, the the standard like mom and pop that may have not really cared about basketball. Um, the success has breeded that, uh, the ownership has breeded that, and um, yeah, now that it's sort of a destination, it took years, but I, I think there are a lot of, lot of fans out there now that uh, look at this team like as a... As, um, you know, it's it's a staple in in Toronto. It's obviously not going anywhere now, and uh, it's it's turned on a lot of basketball fans. So, like I think there there was a, a a wave when Vince Carter was great of fans really coming to the game. Um, you know, this past Saturday, Game Six, I wasn't able to go, but uh, you know, a friend of mine went uh, in my seats along with his his uh, nine year old son, and and there was a ton of fans in that age group that are just being magnetized to, to basketball. Right. They just love basketball now. And uh, so, yeah, I think there's just going to be a wave of kids who play and even, you know, it, it's just becoming more popular in a, in a, a city of immigrants in a country of immigrants um, where, you know, they came from countries where basketball is really popular. And, uh, and now you've got this, um, you've got this team that is, that is sort of a beacon of light there in, <laughs> in Toronto and in the country for, uh, yeah, it's it, winning, winning helps. And, um, it just, it just means that more people are going to be playing it and more people are, are adoring it. So I think hopefully the Canadian basketball program as well benefits from it. Like I think it did from the Vince Carter, uh, years where, where people started playing ball more and more, uh, as kids. And so, um, the, not only, will they start playing it, but I imagine more money goes into coaching, more money goes into facilities and uh, and everyone improves and, and benefits as a as a as a basketball program, even on the sort of the junior and the senior levels. Right, and and I think it's another thing that's going to be fun is this summer in the World Cup. I think the Canadian national basketball teams putting together quite, quite a squad. I mean, it's it's been growing. We've seen it with a lot of the young guys that have been coming up the ranks, and uh, I believe they just brought in Nick Nurse to be the head coach of the the. The, the national team, I think they announced that recently. Um, and so it's just going to be fun and just kind of continue that stuff. So I'm really happy we have good uh, – we're getting good vibes and getting the young kids excited about basketball in Canada so we can continue to grow. Um, I'd love to get a team back in Vancouver just so I can visit Vancouver again. Um, that, that's, you know, just great food. Uh, <laughs> um, but we should talk obviously about the NBA finals. I mean, they are going up against the Golden State Warriors. We, we know all about the Warriors. What's your, your, your feel in the series? I saw on the starters, you, you have it Raptors in seven. Um, what's, what, what do you think is kind of the things you're watching for? That's going to be really interesting for you in that series. Yeah, the uh, the heart says Raptors in seven. Obviously, the head says something different. But uh, I've been objective on our show for 13 years. I don't think I, I haven't really 
straight out of my lane to make a pick like this, but um, this is the time to do it. Absolutely. So, uh, I'd be pissed yeah. off if you did. If you did anything else, I'd be angry with you. <laughs> I did, And I did pick the Bucks last round. <laughs> And I was, you know, I've always tried to be that that guy who's who's a uh, you know prof- quote unquote professional as professional as I possibly can be. Uh, so now is not the time. Uh, I'm worried that um, Kawhi's going to have to do a lot offensively. I know, I know that's a worry every single time, uh, every single series. But with the Warriors and how they're going to score, uh, you know, Kawhi's. 30 is uh, probably not going to be enough. I think he's kind of got to be LeBron, um, you know, with those Cavs teams, you know, with especially with Kyrie and Kevin Love when they were hurt or uh, with Kyrie gone. He's he's because they're going to play him one on one. I don't I don't see a Fred Van Vliet going off. I, I don't see those guys going off as well. I, I think Iguodala and Clay, the uh, green Dr- Draymond and uh Kevin Durant will probably take turns going one-on-one against him. So those other guys aren't going to go off. So Kawhi just has to be special. That's going to be a lot for him. And then um, on the defensive end, I, I don't like the fact that their best of Raps' best defenders, even though they're they're an incredible collective unit, are Kawhi, Pascal Siakam, and Marcus Sol. And and those those you know the three, four, five, they don't really match up well with what is currently the Warriors' strength of of Curry and Clay all that much. Like you know they'll they'll go out and. And they'll guard them at times, but um, I, I just don't like that the strength doesn't really match up with the strength of the Warriors um, perfectly, which it did against Giannis Antetokounmpo and Joel Embiid and uh, Jimmy Butler in the last couple of rounds. And, and the other thing is, I don't like the fact that the Warriors are going to have two different versions of the team. And you can tell me, as uh, a guy who's been around teams, the fact that you got to scout for two different versions of of this team, you know, potentially when, when Kevin Durant comes back, you're going to have this Curry led warriors. Then you're going to have a Durant led team. And, you know, you know, at the end of a series, you know, everything the other team does, but this is two different teams. The Raptors are going to have to face. Uh, and that kind of stinks. I think it, it doesn't, it's not as fun. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a challenge when you have that, th- they have that ability to kind of just, change once Kevin Durant comes back um if he does we're, I'm going to assume he's he's going to be back at some point in this series um they they do kind of change but I almost think that plays better for the Raptors that that style that they play with Kevin Durant versus when they don't have him I think a lot of the the off-screen action and stuff that the Warriors run kind of makes it difficult you know the the ability to stay with Curry Clay um running off screens and with Draymond kind of quarterback and everything, you know, he'll, he'll find those guys or he'll find the big man slip into the basket for, for layups and dunks. Uh, I think that's a lot harder for, for this Raptors team to defend just because we both know like Kawhi is such an amazing one-on-one defender. I'm not sure how great he is chasing these, these dudes off of screens and, and, and not getting hung up on a screen or things like that. Or, you know, if he gets hung up on a screen and Gasol has to hedge, you know, then we're then we're going to have Iguodala driving, you know, slip into the basket, like I said, and, and Draymond's going to find those guys. I think. When, yeah, I think I, we're probably going to see a lot of Kawhi not taking those guys, and that's why you know it was it was such a nicer matchup against Giannis or trying to guard Jimmy Butler or something. He'll probably guard, you know, Iguodala or you know that's a bit of a waste, mm-hmm. but you know him roaming to help and be that second set of eyes on Curry or Clay, and then. 
uh, or Draymond Green and try and take away those passes that you're mentioning, like try and eat him up. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, I would put him on Draymond just for that. Like, cause we know Draymond's such a great, I mean, he's their lead, he's leading their team in assists in the playoffs at like 8.9 or 8.2, excuse me. Um, and, the you know just kind of bottling that up and 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 putting that challenge on Draymond to have to deal with that kind of defender because most of the time everybody sags off him which allows him to kind of be that playmaker um so I think that would be the most interesting way to use him I'm not sure how much I like Kawhi as kind of like the roamer I almost feel I feel like Siakam's great as a roamer um we saw him make a couple big weak side blocks uh in that Buck series and and I think that's kind of more his role. I don't feel like that's a great fit for Kawhi, and that's why I think you know when if KD were to come back and they start going heavy into isolation, then I think that's more this is where Kawhi could really shine. Yeah, and that's why um, I, I'd rather see the, the <laughs> like you said the Durant on this team, even though <laughs> uh, it's crazy, um, but it, it does yeah it matches up better with the reps uh, and uh, yeah the the Warriors are. Hopefully going to be rusty in game one, um, but they're going to be running circles around this this Raps team defensively. That is that is great, uh, but um, you know that's what they do, and the Raps haven't had to face that quite yet uh, in the postseason. You know the Warriors obviously are an anomaly, so it's going to be tough. But Kyle Lowry is probably going to do a lot of that chasing along with Danny Green out there, and uh, you know we're seeing peak Lowry, yeah, and um, so hopefully he is. He's he's still going and uh, really getting under Curry's skin. And that that's one of the best ways to beat the Raptors is to to bother Curry. Is to you know like that Marcus Gasol led Grizzlies team that was up two one on them in, in twenty fifteen, being a little clutchy and grabby with Steph. Uh, hopefully, you know pissing him off a little bit and uh, and and maybe you know slowing the game down in that regard and maybe Curry. You know, gets gets a couple fouls, which he is he's known to do, uh, and 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 things change that way. Yeah, and I think that's a big key too is is Lowry and and Green being physical with those guys and and kind of roughing them up, uh, so to speak. Yeah, uh, be those be those hockey guys that yeah. everybody loves up in Toronto. <laughs> Make it a hockey game. Let's do it, guys. Let's put on a Maple Leaf jerseys. Let's go. As much as uh, it's a beautiful game out there and everybody is flowing around and and moving well, I think you you do want to muck it up because that's when the Warriors are at their worst and when they don't look like themselves. Like when the Rockets were up three two on them last year in the conference finals. When the Grizzlies were up two one on them. Uh, back in 2015 in the second round before the Warriors won their first title. They have to slow things down, and uh, you're probably going to see a lot of the Raptors' offensive sets, you know, a lot of hammering into the floor, looking at Kawhi, having Kawhi just mm-hmm. run things because that's what they do so far in the postseason. There's, they're in the bottom five of teams player and in and, and, regards to player movement uh, but sometimes that hurts going back on the other end because if you're going to be running around trying to defend the Warriors you want to be moving on offense at times too I, I find you know the teams that kind of just hang around and watch one guy on offense like those Rockets sometimes don't have the energy on defense but hey uh, you know they don't have that not the energy but uh, that rhythm and, and flow of, of being in a game right. like that uh, but uh, the war the Raps are a great defensive team um, so I think I think that's the I think that's part of the the recipe for success. Just dribble the air out of the ball, and then uh, on the other end, uh, chase, 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 grab 
a little bit, grab a little bit, and uh, <laughs> sneaky grabs. Uh, like don't just don't don't get, don't get caught. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah, and and the offensive end is really interesting because, like you said, there's not a lot of player movement, and you know, if you you got to slow down the game, but on top of that, the the one thing that did worry me, there were times in the Buck series where, you know, because of that, those guys would have their their entire almost the whole offense would be along the baseline and when a rebound would come out the bucks were able to run in transition and you know with the bucks those are usually layups and dunks but with the warriors those are threes and and then it becomes you know that's how those those warriors explosions happen right like they just start getting going and and then you know curry's pulling up in in, on a two-on-one you know or or they're finding clay on a three-on-one in a corner and and those are things that are going to be extremely important and you know the raptors did a good job of slowing down the bucks but i'm just concerned a bit especially with how that offense goes you know the it leading the transition buckets for the warriors and 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 that kind of becoming a a a bit a bit of a hurdle to have to overcome it's scary yeah that's what i worry about in 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 games especially without kevin durant uh even though he you know he was great at at being part of those transition opportunities uh you know before he got injured but if the reps start off slow in game one or have some some lapses in transition or just aren't there and they go down 1-0 in this series and then oh here comes Kevin Durant and they have to play even a different way uh it's um yeah it's definitely scary that that it's such a different game um than than what we watched against Milwaukee or Philly or obviously Orlando yeah and that's the thing like that's the this is the challenge of 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 playing the Warriors it's the Nobody really has a great answer, um, and I think, right. and I think you're right. Slowing down the game as much as possible, and and you know, let's m- make these guys work. The only thing that worries me too is if because there's no player movement, Curry doesn't have to run around screens and things as much um, and stuff yeah. like that. And and the thing is too, without Durant though, I do think they don't have. Uh, the best defender they could put on Kawhi. I think Clay's gonna. Do, be on him Iguodala is going to be on him I think at times Green's going to be on him but I think Durant's length none of those guys obviously have because Durant's a freak um but Durant's length can really kind of affect Kawhi I don't think those guys kind of have that and I think that's something where where Kawhi could take advantage of him and and uh, like you said he's going to have to really carry a heavy load and guys like Fred Van Vliet are going to have to continue to shoot you know and make shots the other thing scares me is Gasol needs to be a bit more aggressive shooting. He's 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 he can't hesitate on any of the wide open looks because otherwise they'll just completely sag off him. And you know what? They'll they're willing to bet that he's not going to take as many of the threes that he should take, and and that's gonna that could be a problem for them. Yeah, and that's a good bet by the Warriors uh, mm-hmm. because it's not something <laughs> not something Mark likes to do. His it, the his uh, shot distribution has changed. John Schumann pointed out from the regular season to the playoffs. Now, you know, he went from a third of his shots to being threes. Now to half of them being threes, and uh, he he's a giver, Mo. Like, he <laughs> just wants, you know he he wants to get everybody involved, uh, and that's why I think it's key for Nick Nurse to get him at the elbow once, uh, you know, early in the game or you know, towards the low post a little bit, um, just, just to get him a touch, just to give him a pass, because I think that, that helps accelerate his, uh, his willingness to shoot, uh, which is, I know crazy to say, it sounds kind of nuts, but I, I think it, it, I think it helps. And, and, you know, one guy we haven't mentioned on the offensive end, uh, for the raps is Danny green. 
it's no, uh, it's not, it's, there's no harm in Masai Ujiri going and get two former Spurs to play against the Golden State Warriors, and maybe Danny Green can find his old, his old ways of hitting shots uh, because he'll be open with with that starting unit for sure. Him and him and Gasol, those are the two guys, um, and uh, and Pascal Siakam, I think, is of of everybody besides Kawhi Leonard, is the guy who can create a little bit one on one. And um, because they're going to play, even even though they don't have the length of Kevin Durant, they're going to play him one on play Kawhi one on one. Pascal's got to got to take some. He's got to score. He's yeah. got to score um, because he can. Because other guys, if you know, if Danny Green or Marcus Ole or, or Kyle Lowry are being guarded, um, you know, Pascal's got to be uh, that guy who's going to win most improved player. Like he can score. So um, you know, he's growing. Um, but this is obviously his first finals, and and there's there's a lot being asked of him. Yeah, and I love that you brought up Danny Green just because we've seen him light up the finals before. Um, just ask Miami. Like we've seen him get red hot. So, and and even though he didn't shoot it well last series, this is a whole different series now. And and that's kind of the way I always look at it. Just what happened last series doesn't necessarily mean it happens in this series. So he can really catch fire. And and you're 100 percent right on Siakam. What are your fears of? finals jitters like first time finals jitters i mean really green um, and green leonard and ibaka are the only ones that have ever been to the finals on this team you know what what are your concerns of that is there anything that kind of are you afraid that there might be as the warriors might be rusty the the raptors might not be able to take advantage just because of uh first game jitters yeah for sure there's definitely uh you know, we talked about it when we talked about it off the top, and I, and there's shivers going down my spine about <laughs> seeing, you know, seeing uh, the Eastern Conference Championship uh, being awarded for the first time in that arena. It's first time that Kyle Lowry's touching that trophy. It's the first time, um, you know, Pascal Siakam is, is, is seeing it as as we mentioned, and Gasol and, you know, and all those guys. Yeah, I don't think Gasol gets jitters. Uh, that, that guy is just a. A hard ass dude. I don't think there's any problems there, but um, yeah, listen. Five days of you know uh, a little some hype, uh, some some additional hype, I should say. Um, more more cameras now. These last couple of days, more questions. These next couple these last couple of days. Yeah, if it takes them a game to get used to it, uh, yeah, I definitely worry that boom that hits you, and then boom, um, Kevin Durant comes back. So. You look back, and, and I and I look back to see at their you know their game one performances. Historically, the Raps haven't been very good at game ones, uh, you know, but they did win one uh, against the <laughs> the Sixers, and then they came and laid it. Uh, 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 they had a good game against the Bucks to start as well in, in game one, and but they you know they ended up losing that one. Uh, but this is different at home, so hopefully that's a good indicator. Last couple of rounds here, they they've shown that they can play um, right out of the gate, so. Um, the, the hopefully, hopefully the rust hurts the hurts the Warriors more than the uh, the bright lights hurts the Raps. All right, now now my question is really for you, the fan and you. Yeah. What are you? You know, every fan's kind of got like a good luck charm or any sort of pregame ritual or anything. Like, do you have something that you're like, yo, I need to make sure I get this ready before before oh. game one of the the finals? <laughs> or I got it. When you, are you going to the game or? No, we're sending. Um, we're sending one of our guys, uh, Trey, to uh, to games one and two. I kind of I kind of sit back in Atlanta from from the desk. May, I may we may venture out a little bit later in the series if it's a 
hopefully, fingers crossed, it's a longer series. Um, I am not going to lie. And and I'll tell you a brief story of not being able to get to game six of the conference finals. Um, I was hung up in the airport for like nine hours uh, (laughs) because I, I made the mistake of going on a buddy pass and uh, uh, for a buddy who works for the airport. So I said, you know, the prices to Toronto are kind of pricey. Uh, I initially, I bought a ticket to Buffalo and I was going to go on that and, and drive across the border. And then he, he contacted me and said, you know what? There are a, a lot of empty seats. Just go on my buddy pass. You'll get there. No problem. And uh, so I canceled that trip. I canceled that trip to Buffalo, which would have gotten me there. No problem. A paid a regular seat. And then uh, I went on the buddy pass. And, and my God, there were some problems in the airport, I guess, uh, the night before. So a lot of people's uh, itineraries rolled over to the next day. And I, I sat there. This was it was kind of a just as exciting as an NBA finals game <laughs> waiting to see if I was going to get on a plane. Uh, cause I was, I got there, I was sixth on the uh, buddy list at first got dropped to ninth. I got up to third and, and my, my buddy Jay Skeets, who I do this show with was flying to Toronto on that flight. And he was texting me saying, Oh, there's plenty of seats around me. I think you'll get on. I was third on the list, but <laughs> oh, as, no. as, as time ticked down, more and more people kept just strolling up to the gate. It was it was crazy to me how like a family of four was strolling up with 20 minutes left, uh, just <laughs> casually strolling. Like 20 minutes, they'll take off, and then a couple came, and so I got bumped off that flight. I got bumped off the next two flights, and then I bought a ticket. Um, you know, I had the backup plan. I did buy a ticket for the 3:30 flight, uh, but uh, I didn't check in because. I was already in the airport, oh. and so I didn't get that 24-hour, hey, it's time to check in email because uh, you know I just bought the ticket, and I didn't go check in at a kiosk with this new airline that I bought a ticket from because, again, I was already in the airport. And so uh, I, sh- I I was there at the gate like an hour and 15 minutes before, but there was no one there, so I walk away. I come back, and about like 50 minutes left uh, before the flight, there's no one, no one boarding or anything at this point, but I, I walk up. So I figure I have plenty of time, and I asked to check in, and she looks at me and says, "You can't just check in." <laughs> no. I, and, and I was, I was very, very confused. I said, "But I have a paid ticket." And she said, "Well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Everybody here has a paid ticket. But if uh, you know you check in past sixty minutes, if if we have no idea you're at the airport, um, so you." let us know after 60 minutes, that 60 minutes threshold that your seat just goes poof. It goes to somebody else cause they oversell planes, which is a, a whole other right. bag. Uh, so yeah, I'm sitting there uh, mouth agape, not knowing what to say to this lady. And, uh, it was, uh, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was something. And then, uh, yeah, I tried to get on another flight and, uh, yeah, so I didn't get to see game six <laughs> oh. and, uh, that hurt. Yeah. It was, I mean, Moral of the story, I should have just bought a seat and probably not canceled my purchase seat. <laughs> but uh, um, anyway, I thought I, it, it, the buddy system had worked so smooth for me before that I guess I was, uh, I was jaded. I, or I, I, I thought that it, would, it wouldn't be a problem this time. So uh, oh, anyway. Man. That's, that's heartbreaking. Oh, yeah, I'm, it, I'm it hurting. Was, it was tough. <laughs> it was tough. Uh, it's, you know, a lot of people have uh, other real, real issues, but I couldn't get the game six. But uh, <laughs> um, the, all that to say, 
I don't have a good luck charm. Okay. No. <laughs> well, if, I'm just not going to go to the airport. That's that's my good luck charm that's for it. game one. Well, maybe you should get in the car now and just start driving. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that should be the move for for you for now on. Um, cool. One more nostalgia question for you. What Raptor from the past do you wish could be on this team? Not necessarily to help you win it or anything like that, but you just want them to be for everything they've been through as as a Raptor. Um, and I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna take Demar Derozan out because that's the, that's an easy one just because he was there. I want from the past. You tweeted out a great list of pretty much every Raptor ever before, and 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 and, and, and so who on that list would you say, man, like? It would just be great to see him in the finals in a Raptors uniform. Actually, somebody I didn't include on the list um, because I, I didn't think of him as a as a Raptor that caused a lot of pain for me, like everybody, like most people <laughs> on that list. Uh, you know, the the list was basically an idea of you know a lot of the dark times, a lot of those those losing years, the the lean years in Toronto, watching a, a lot of guys who. Who didn't have a lot of success in Toronto, but one guy I didn't include on the list that played his ass off and played injured was Alvin Williams, uh, way back when for those the the team that won uh, their first playoff series probably hit the biggest shot in that series as the point guard. Uh, Vince passed it to him in New York with about 45 seconds left on the clock, and he hit an elbow jumper to basically seal it in Game Five that they won uh, when it was a five-game series back in 2001, and he was. Uh, he was a guy who, who just um, every single Raptors fan and in that city really loved because he did play hurt. Uh, he was uh, uh, a really tough guy. He's now um, you know doing some Raptors media and uh, yeah, he was he was one guy I wish uh, you know saw more and more success and and probably didn't play as injured as he did because his career was was shortened. He traded to. Uh, to Portland after that and didn't really uh, find his way after that, but he was a uh, he was he was a great floor general back then, and uh, so he he's one guy that I could, as a Raptors fan who who loved uh, that guy. There, you know, there's there's a there's a billion other ones. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah we'll go with Allen. That I love that. You know, um, yeah, he's a great professional in general, just a great pro and and everything like that. That's a that's a great name to pull right there. And I, you know what? I'm, I don't even want to get into the Lakers stuff. Everybody's going to talk about that. Um, unless you have any interesting thing to add to that. Uh, no, no, nothing can be as interesting as what happened or what was written in that article. So no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Kobe had dinner with somebody that was dead. That was really interesting. Um, <laughs> that, I mean, that sums it all up. Hey, that Taz, thank you so much, man, for, uh, coming on uh i appreciate it. i know you're busy everybody should check out the starters it's great um is there anything else w- w- we need a plug or no no there's nothing else uh, i mean the raptors are in the nba finals uh that's that's all i'm looking forward to right now there's no no uh no branding i have to do or anything that compares to uh, <laughs> the raptors so, in the finals that's all that the matters raptors. 24 years, man. So, uh, yeah, you know, I was surprised to see that. I guess because I've lived through it, it seems like it's been even longer than 24 years. But I was surprised to see that a lot of other teams have been even longer. You know, their droughts or their current day droughts were longer than 24 years. Well, the Clippers have never even made it to the conference finals. So, um, right. You you know, uh, I don't think the Kings have 
has Kings ever made it to the finals? Uh, not not as Sacramento. Um, right. And, you know, so there's, there's a lot of them. But you know what? This is great. And this is great not only just for you, but it's great for the NBA. It's great for basketball in Canada. And you know what? This is well-deserved. This is a team that's been fighting the breakthrough for so long. And, you know, they, they finally did it and, and they've gone through a lot of battles, um, you know, a lot of playoff failures and, and to finally get there is, is, is something amazing. Agreed. Agreed. It was, uh, yeah, I, you know, that list of guys I, I wrote out, um, those were, those were guys that like just off the top of my head, you know, I mean, I, I definitely used uh, the internet for some help. But, <laughs> of course. Uh, <laughs> But, but, but I, you know, I was up in, in season seats for a long, long time with friends, uh, you know, 12 years before uh, I moved to Atlanta with, with the starters for our, for our gig down here. And uh, those guys are just, they cycled through players that some, team, some teams, uh, you know, never even played, never even tried uh, <laughs> to, have, to have in their uniform. But yeah, just a lot of a lot of lean years, as I said. So yeah, uh, you know, hopefully teams like the Kings and the Clippers also taste that success, and um, and, and that there's, you know, there was there was, as you said, the Grizzlies didn't survive. Um, you know, the Raptors found a way with good ownership and, and the Vince Carter bump uh, to survive. So hopefully, you know, those other teams get some success and uh, and continue to thrive. Not that the Clippers are going to have any problem, and the Kings seem to be stabilizing as well. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, success always helps. Always, it, it always does. Again, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thanks, Mo. I appreciate it, man. That's it for our show. Be sure to rate us, like us, leave reviews on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, wherever else you go to listen to your podcast. Have yourselves a great one.